Hello and welcome to Plotris. This is Meg. This is Lane. And today we're talking about The Perils of Pleasure by Julie Ann Long. So I don't think it's going to be much of a spoiler for the book to say this is one of the first ones you and I have truly disagreed on. Yeah, we, we had, I think, really different ideas on this book. So I do not like this one at all. Yeah, I didn't mind it. I didn't love it. It's not one of my favorites, but I enjoyed it. I Something about it really rubbed me the wrong way. So you'll get to hear us uh, disagree, I think, yeah. throughout this episode. So this is the first in the Penny Royal Green series. It was published in 2009. Yeah, and in fact, it's kind of interesting because I... So Lane had read this book and she said, oh, I didn't like it. And then I mentioned a different book, um, which we will be talking about later, that I said, oh, I think this one would be really fun. I think we should read it. And she said, wait a minute, that's the second one in this series that I wasn't even going to read because I hated the first one so much. And so I was like, well, let me read the first one and we'll see like what, what the deal was. Um, so this was published in 2009. Right. Yeah. How many books are in this series? I'm not sure. I have no idea. Yeah. We're really prepared today, guys. <laughs> so it's it's the first in many because the, the overall premise of the series is that it takes place in this um, Penny Royal Green town, town where there's these two families, the Eversees and the Redmonds, who are sort of like the Hatfields and the McCoys. Right. They and don't. No one really knows where the rivalry came from. Like maybe it was a cow or maybe they one was a Norman family, one was a Saxon family, and this dates back to William the Conqueror. Like we don't know. But they've always hated each other. Always. But they've always been super intertwined. Yeah, so there's a, they say, oh, one of the Eversees is destined to break the heart of one of the Redmonds in every generation or something like that. So that's sort of the overall premise of the series. Yeah. This one focuses on Colin Eversee. Who's the third or fourth son in the Eversee family. And there's six or seven kids? Oh, something like that, yeah. So. Quite a few kids. And, he, and he's the uh, troublemaker. Yeah, he's the troublemaker, the charming rogue. Oh, well, let's, let's read the, the book jacket because this might give you an idea. A rescued rogue. Scandal has rocked the city of London. Colin Eversee, a handsome, reckless, unapologetic rogue, is sentenced to hang for murder. And inconveniently for him, the only witness to the crime disappears. Then again, throughout history, the Eversees have always managed to cheat fate in style. Colin is snatched from the gallows by a beautiful, clever mercenary. A captivating captor. Cool-headed, daring Madeline Greenway is immune to Colin's va uh, vaunted charm. Her mission is not to rescue Colin, but to kidnap him, and to be paid handsomely for it. But when it becomes clear that whoever wants Colin alive wants Madeline dead, the two become uneasy allies in a deadly race for truth. Together they'll face great danger, and passion neither can resist. <laughs> yeah. Dun dun dun. Yeah, dun dun dun. Not a bad uh, book check. This this does a pretty good job of, of talking about what's going to happen. So this one is pretty mystery driven too. Mm -hmm. So it would be very difficult to say more without giving away a little bit too much of the plot. So I get yeah. why they went with that tone for yeah. the jacket. Yeah, really, I really not bad at all actually. Um, thinking of what what could have been on the book right. jacket. I'm a little bit surprised they didn't spend a little bit more time talking about the setup for the series as a whole with yeah. these dueling families thing because it does actually end up playing a pretty significant in in the end, yeah. Yeah. So I, I, it's a little bit weird because I don't feel like the description reads like the first in the series no. even though the book is, yeah. but I do feel like the plot is accurate for this book. Yeah. No, agreed. So, as usual, we have a randomly generated number, and we write our uh, summaries of that. 
So I will, I'll start with mine. Sure. Okay. Charming convict rescued by superlative planner. Adventure ensues. And mine is, everyone's secrets are revealed by other people. Payloft. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry. Oh my gosh. All right. I do a lot of sentences that are like one or two words short and then just have to add like a random thought yeah. at the end. Yeah. Whatever. I go back and delete just a lot of articles. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And then uh, we do have our feature about um, why these people are so buff. So Madeline, who, her backstory is, is a mystery, but um, she is kind of a, a cutthroat master planner mm-hmm. for the underbelly of London. Yeah. Like she's sort of the person they call to do the dirty job. If you need something planned, she's your girl. She will do it for you. And she has a tragic backstory and is giving up on life in England and love and wants to run away to America. Yeah. Um, but so she comments frequently on his too thin but still sexy body. Yeah. But I, so I thought this one was interesting because he is always described by Madeline as being too thin. So he's never, in this book, he's not like the the cut, hard, you know, bulky muscles. But it's implied that that's what he was. Yeah. Before he was thrown into Newgate. Yeah, because he's still hot, even after losing all that muscle from being in prison. So the uh, Gentleman Jackson's Get Pumped workout for falsely accused rakes is go to prison. That'll take care of it for you. You'll absolutely get the life frame you've been looking for. <laughs> right? <laughs> so there, there are quite a few tropes. Quite a few romantic so many. in here. So we already talked about this one, um, but we've got a tragic backstory. This one is for Madeline this time. Yeah. He, in fact, does not... So this I did like. He does not have a tragic backstory in any way, shape, or form. He basically has had, like, the most charmed and charming life of anyone. And that's why he's so confused that he's, like, framed for murder. Yeah. He's like, how can this be happening to me? I'm Everyone loves me. Right. Even the people who don't like me love me. Right. Right. And, like, the legend of Colin Eversey. Mm-hmm. And he and his brothers sort of think the whole thing is a joke. For a while, until, yeah. Until, like, he actually gets condemned. Yeah. Uh, so, like, this is part... I don't know. I did not dislike this part at all. Like, I really liked that he was, like, totally, like, shocked that this could be happening to him. Because his life has been so charmed up until now. Yeah, very happy-go-lucky guy. Yeah. And it's... The shock of Newgate has really... Yeah. ...done him in. Yeah. But, like, for example, there is a, a, a song, a body song going around about Colin Eversee, like, going to prison. Um, and he, they've, like, in fact, added verses to it when he thought he would get out, you know, um, about his prowess in bed. And then his brothers will, like, write verses about how bad he is in bed. Anyway, it's just, like, very, like, I thought it was really cute. I really liked it. Yeah, that part was fun. Okay. <laughs> so I really liked that part. Um... What other tropes? Oh, yeah, so the, we've got the woman who's afraid to love again. This time it's a woman, not a man, but still. This is this is a trope that happens on both sides. All the time. We also have the uh, people who look like what they are trope. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of characters who are enviously described by Colin in particular. As, like, you could tell he was a farm boy from the sticks. Oh, I see. His honest face made you know that even though he was doing bad things, they would have been for a good reason. Yeah. There was a lot of descriptions. And even his description of Madeline is very, like, her hardened eyes let him know she went through life. Yeah. I So that's one thing I liked about her was his description is, like, he, he doesn't... 
he sees her for the first time like in very uncertain light. Yeah. Um, and he's like, oh, her forehead is too high and like her features are, she's, she's not beautiful. And then all of a sudden he sees her like all together and he's like, it shouldn't work, but it does. And she's like beautiful. And something I also liked is that she literally is like, yes, I am beautiful. Oh, yeah. She's got no insecurity. You know. About her looks. Yeah, And, I mean, she's not saying... She's not running around saying, I'm hot. Like, you know, everyone worship at my feet. She just is like, you know what? I have a lot of life to live. I'm I'm young enough. I'm beautiful. And when she does reflect on her beauty, it's usually within the context of it is another tool for her to use in pursuit of planning these ridiculous things for London's underworld. Yeah. So, if if you've been listening to any of these podcasts, you know I hate this. You don't know you're beautiful. She... Totally knows. Like, she knows what she looks like, you know? Um, this one also has a lot of hurt comfort. Ankle shackles addition. Yeah. His ankles have been rubbed raw by the shackles yeah. in prison. And there's several scenes of either her treating them or her getting someone to treat them. Yeah. And so at first it's treated as, um, you know, she is really observant so she can tell that he's hurt. And then later, of course, it's like she's caring for him by... By making sure that his wounds are are treated. Right. That's on there. Okay. So, I personally thought that it was... So, here, here's something that both, in my opinion, was good and bad. In that the, the entire novel, from the beginning to the end, there's no time to stop. Like, they barely sleep in the book. Like, I'm not kidding. Like, they, they barely sleep. They mention every time somebody gets to close their eyes. Yeah, which is not very often. And this book takes place in the span of five five or six days, maybe a week. Yeah. So, you know, they're on the run. They're on the lam. Um, she uh, rescues him from the gallows, and then they got to get out of there and figure out what in the world is going on. Like, Well, so she is paid yeah. to rescue him by... Uh, Somebody. Somebody in the... Well, by her usual contact right. in the London Underground. And then, once she's rescued him, somebody comes to kill her mm-hmm. while she still has him. They re- go on the lam together, yeah. trying to figure out what the heck is going on. Yeah, and both, that's sort of both, the setup. Yeah, both to clear his name and then so she can get her money. And to figure out who's trying to kill her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so I thought... I enjoyed it. Like, I really enjoyed that there's sort of this breakneck pace. Like, it's very plot-based... On the other hand, the fact that it was so plot-heavy meant that there was not much time for relationship building. Yeah, these two people, to me, I did not care about their relationship at all. Yeah, I mean, that, to me, was the, it was the weakness of this book. Like, I, I really liked... One of the things that I, I liked all the way up until, like, three-quarters of the way through the book... Um, is that he? He's like we have a deadline on when we need to solve this mystery because, because his the love of his life is getting married to his brother, and so he's got to make it to the wedding and call off the wedding basically. And so like he's completely honest with her and completely frank with her the whole time that I'm in love with Louisa. Like I love Louisa. We have got this time limit because hard deadline because I got to go raise an objection at the wedding. Right. So I kind of enjoyed that. I even enjoyed the fact that he was, like, attracted to her and, like, kind of wanted, like, well, not kind of, wanted to have sex with her, even though he's in love with Louisa the whole time. Like, it didn't bother me, just because that's the kind of person he was. Like, this was a true rogue. You don't see that very often in novels, you know? Yeah, I think for me, the problem with this one, 
I actually thought the pacing of the mystery was weird. Mm. And I didn't. I thought it moved too fast, but also the things that were moving were not relevant. Mm -hmm. Without giving too much away, you have in this mystery that leads to why he was sent to the gallows and why somebody is looking to kill her, you have um, a doctor stealing bodies. You have a woman from the wrong side of the tracks pretending to be from the right side of the tracks. Mm -hmm. You have a secret society of accountants sort of investors (laughs) you have like the uniforms uh, you have the involvement of the two like feuding families yes there's so many layers to this that ultimately I thought the way it all fit together was actually kind of haphazard and a lot of the big reveal things that actually mattered happened so close to the end yeah that like it felt like so much of the book ended up being filler yeah I mean, like I like I said, I really I enjoyed it. Yeah. I didn't have the same problems you did. Like it didn't bother me, and maybe that's just like when I read a mystery, I don't read a mystery to figure out the mystery. Like the ones that I have read and I have figured out the mystery bore me. Like if I I'm not like proud of myself for having figured out the end. I'm like, Ugh, do I seriously have to read like fifty more pages of them figuring this shit out? But I think. This one didn't bore me, but it also ended up not making sense. Yeah. I think for me to enjoy a mystery that isn't super well-crafted, in my opinion, there needed to be a better relationship. Yeah. I would have been fine with the mystery being thin if the characters had been really well-developed and really into each other. So, I I mean, I will say I enjoyed the book. I, like, was really liking it, and I was, like, really surprised that Lane disliked it until about 85% in. So almost until the end. And then it was, I will say, the weakness of the book, I agree, is the denouement. Yeah. And the other thing I would note is that not only is he in love with somebody else, and that's brought up a lot, not only are neither of them sleeping, and that's brought up a lot, they're also not showering, and that gets brought up all the time. Yeah. Like, they keep talking about how bad the other one smells, so it's really not sexy (laughs) if you're someone who, like, that's really evocative for you. Yeah. Which I think it is for me. I just kept thinking about how gross they both were. Yeah. I think I think for them it was... I, well, I think what she was going for, I think what Julianne Long was going for, was they are so attracted to each other that they will overlook how disgusting they are. You know what I mean? <laughs> no. I mean, I think that's what she's going for. It did not work for Lane, dear listeners. Did not work for Lane. Um, yeah. So, like, the whole... Basically, I I needed more time or more reason or more explanation for why they fell in love. Because, basically, the whole time he has been saying, I'm in love with someone else. The whole time she's been saying, yeah, I ha- my last love ended tragically. Um, so, I'm not interested in anything more than just a fling. So, the whole time, this is what they are saying. And then, like, suddenly, all of a sudden, with no real explanation... She's in love with him. Right. And so I I will say that part was, I was like, eh. I mean, it basically, I was like, oh, this is a romance novel. They have to fall in love. Like, that's why this happened. I need I did need a little more. Well, there were two things that really struck me in particular as, as evo- like, indicative of that problem. One, the big reveal about her tragic backstory is not her, like, breaking down and telling it to mm-hmm. him in this moment of relationship building for the two of it. Mm-hmm. He finds it out in passing from the doctor who took care of her family. Yeah. So it's not even like she opens up to him or they share this moment. And this is unrelated to their relationship, but another thing in this book I just did not understand. He is convinced his brother is behind him going to the gallows. 
the brother who is engaged mm-hmm. to Louisa. And I did not know why at all. Because you also get some scenes from that brother's perspective. And, like, Colin seems to know his brother's a great guy. The brother seems to be a great guy. But they have this, like, false pretense that the brother could have done it for, like, 75% of the book. It's all because of Louisa. But neither the brother or Louisa are those kind of people. Like, it just, it was never believable to me that that could have been in his mind. Well, and I think the whole thing was, it it, it should have been constructed better. Because I think, I, again, I think that what she was going for was, this is obviously, like, young love infatuation. This is not true Rational or true or sure. Which is why he could fall in love with uh, Madeline. Mm -hmm. And so the fact that he would even think that his brother like needed to he so apparently he needed to he needed to be sent to the gallows just so his brother could marry Louisa when you know so like what I think she was going for for, was one thing but it just wasn't there wasn't enough time to develop it or enough time was not spent to develop it sure one or the other um, it, this was a pretty serious book so this is not a book where I would say this was super fun you should read it that said, there were really funny parts. There were a few moments where I laughed out loud. Yeah. For all that I'm complaining, like, there are several occasions where she gets to insult his masculine prowess, and they are hilarious. Like, really funny. Really funny. And I think she actually did a really good job of showing Colin as being, like, this very happy-go-lucky. Good-humored. Very good-humored. You know, like, um, like they're in bed with each other. They have this, like, very super serious scene and, like, like very emotional conversation. And then what he does is he defuses it with this, with his humor, which I thought was great and could happen. Like, I really liked it. I did, there were some really fun, genuinely funny moments. You know? Okay. Offensiveness. <sighs> this one wasn't offensive to me, really. Uh, like, there, there really isn't... Any sexual violence Mm-mm. props to Julian mm-hmm. Long. There's no, like, disparity in power between the two of them. Yeah, no. Mm-hmm. In a way that bothered me. So my complaints about this have nothing to do with it. I, I don't think there's a trigger warning here other than, like, dead kids. Yeah, you know, I mean, he did go to the gallows for a crime he didn't commit. So if you have problems with the criminal justice system. I mean, <laughs> we're, 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 it's thin. We're like, reaching we're, here. We're reaching here. <laughs> um... Uh, the only thing that so here's one thing that I do think so I have already said that I liked this so I liked this I was not offended by this but I also know people who would very much dislike this in a romance novel and it is both the fact that he the whole time the entire time all the way until the very end he says he's in love with Louisa the entire time he says he's in love with someone else during which time he has sex with Madeline and it's not implied, it's literally written in the text that the entire time that he's been in love with Louisa, because he's been in love with her since he was 13 or something, and now he's 26, this the whole over a decade span, he's been screwing around uh, with other women. So the, I do know people who would really be offended by that. Oh, okay. Um, but I was not offended. I quite liked it. In not fact, offensive to me either. Yeah. I, I was so not invested in these characters, though, that that might have something to do with it. Yeah, could be. Um, sexiness. There's not a lot here. It's not super sexy uh, at all. They're on the lamb, haven't bathed in days. 
not really sleeping. There's very little even proximity in some ways. Like, mm-hmm. I'm thinking there's a scene where they're locked in a closet together where they're describing... I liked this scene. Right. I found it very um, uh, sexy. Yeah. And it, I, could, I could understand why they were attracted to each other. I liked it. But there's really not another moment of palpable tension until they hook up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then that's it. It's one scene. Two, but yeah. Yeah. I'm making a shrug, all right, sort of, face. Yeah. And then the thing is, like, when they do hook up, it's one of those situations where they have to be quiet, which can be sexy. I'm not saying that it, like, there are certainly scenes I've read where they have to be quiet, and it's like, yeah, this is great. But in this scene, like, not only do they have to be quiet, they also, this also means they can't, like, undress all the way. And there are, like Lane said, they're all, like, dirty and, and unshowered. And in hay. <laughs> Yeah. I was not here for it. Yeah. And then um, later, so later, this one, she they hook up again later, and this is, this reminded me of, if you've seen the movie Witness, no. with Harrison Ford. Um, so anyway, there's this Amish boy who sees a crime, and um, he has to, he's the witness in the trial, so he's got to uh, testify. And Harrison Ford is a... Um, police officer, maybe FBI guy. Anyway, he goes undercover in the Amish community to protect the witness because they think he's going to, this little boy is going to be killed. So he's living in the house with the widowed mother and the kid. And um, she has a sponge bath. And it's like, there's no hookup in this movie. This movie's really good, guys. Actually, really good movie. You should watch it. Okay. So, but it reminded me of that because she does this like sponge bath and he like walks in on it. Like he doesn't mean to, but it's like there, like sexual tension is like so strong but the fact that they don't act on it is like makes it more sexy you know okay anyway in this book she has a sponge bath reminded me quite strongly of witness obviously but um the sexual tension was broken pretty quickly we'll say that yeah so but there's just the sexiest thing for me is sex scenes between two characters who i really get them yeah. wanting each other and the character development just wasn't here in this one no no it was because it, it really and when they first are attracted to each other it's very much like he was in prison for like a few months and like hasn't thought he would never see a woman again so it's like very like a physical need and it's similar for her because she has had this tragic backstory and this whole time like she hasn't had um physical intimacy either and so it's more like an animal feeling which i think maybe i Maybe that's why I thought it was so evocative, is that I did feel that it was, like, true to life. It could happen. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's just, if the end result of this book is you're trying to pass these two people off as soulmates. Yeah. That wasn't developed. Like, I get why they wanted to have sex. Yeah, yeah. I just don't get why they got married. Mm-hmm. No, but, but, but and I'm not disagreeing with you. I just don't think I disliked the book as much as Lane. Yeah, this is, like, a two-star for me. Like, one star is, it's not like it offended me. It was not offensive. I'm just, there's nothing in it that, like, is going to make me want to read it again. Yeah. But, yeah, I, 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 this is probably a one read for me. Yeah. Like a one-time read. But it was more enjoyable for me to read it than it was for Lane, basically. But I have heard from Meg, though I haven't read it yet, that the subsequent books in the series do get better. I don't, I, I can't speak for the subsequent books because I've only read the one. Okay. But I did really like it, this, this next book, and we will be talking about it soon. And I am a completionist, so if I end up liking the second, I will be glad I read this one. Yeah. So, that said, um, 
Thanks for listening. Yeah, thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed at least our episode. And if you really, really like this book and think we're totally wrong, let us know. Yeah, and as always, if you could rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast, that would be greatly appreciated. And we look forward to our next episode. Thanks for listening. Bye.